everybody, this is Ty from the band Sink In. You don't care about us, though. You care about Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another show right here on Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. Hey Troy, where can they find us? Yeah, they can get us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We even have a YouTube channel out there, Howie. And the rarely used Twitter. We did start <laughs> off using Twitter pretty often, but uh, we've, we've yeah. you know, 
cut back on that a little bit, but it's still there. And if you want to email us, you can do that as well. You can email me, staytunedtnh at gmail.com, or you can email Howie, staytunedhowie at gmail.com. So that's about all I have. Howie, you have anything to add to that? Well, you know what, Troy? Uh, I just want to just let the listeners know to just keep listening. You know, not only listen, but like, share, follow, and subscribe to everything that we put out there, whether it's social media or just our simple podcasts. You know, just, just listen, guys. Enjoy. Hey all, what's up? This is Brian from Data Monster Customs. Are you looking for that unique gift for your spouse, sibling, child, boss, or anyone for every occasion? Well, we do one-of-a-kind personalized figures. Check us out on Instagram at Data Monster, that's D-A-D-D-A-M-O-N-S-T-E-R, or just put Data Monster into the Google machine and check out everything we can do for you. Once again, this is Brian for Data Monster Customs. Welcome to another episode of Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie, another special guest here on board, and uh, Jennifer Espenshade, uh, who is a stand-up comedian. Hey, Jennifer, how's it going? It's great. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thank you. Yeah, not Glad a problem. Glad we could connect through Rachel, right? Rachel of Beautiful Divide. Um, and you, you know her through, you said you work with her brother at the uh, Ren Fair, correct? at the Renaissance Fair, and her brother, Zeb, worked with me in the mud pit for many, many years. So thank you, Rachel, for hooking up. Nice. Um, are you, so when you say the mud pit now, it's been a while since I've been to the Ren Fair. Is that the thing where they swim underneath into a tunnel? That was a long time. All right, many years ago, we decided that was probably not a safe thing to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine. Uh going to go in a tunnel that's dark and muddy and I have no idea where I'm going going to happen. So we got rid of the tunnel. We just had a mud pit. So the mud pit kind of acted as our stage, if you will. And we would just do, you know, funny, goofy shows, three shows a day. There was, it's not wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> um, you know, maybe we get into a fight or two, but it really isn't about wrestling. It's just about silly stories and us being mud beggars. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, beneath the queen herself. So that's where that comes from. Okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk more about your run fair here a little bit later. I want to get into, you know, what you do for a living and how you got involved in it. And uh, first we can get in. You can see a little bit of your background and where your shows and stuff are by going to jennifer.e.comedy.com. 
Uh, also, look you up on, on Facebook. Is that just under your name, Jennifer Espenshade, on there? Yeah, I have my uh, maiden name in there, Hartman. But I think if you put in Jennifer Espenshade with a P like Paul, ESP, you'll find me. And I do state, you know, on my um, Facebook page that um, I have my website on there. And I am a stand-up comedian and entertainer. So you won't get me confused with anybody else. <laughs> now, you had mentioned so, you had yeah. opened up for uh, Earl David Reed. Um, now, with with that being said, now is that how you got your start? Is he gave you that shot? That's how I got my start in stand-up, um, which was about seven years ago. So I've been doing comedy for over 30 years. Um, and I had actually met Earl um, way before seven years ago. I think we were doing some kind of promotion with the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair when he was over in Elizabethtown at the country station. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. He was a DJ. And um, he had interviewed me. I don't even remember what the show was, but... We reconnected seven years ago. We did a show together. I was asked to do stand-up and open for him, which I did. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And after that, he contacted me and said, I'm doing these shows at these different locations. Would you like to do some time? And that's what I would do. I followed him all around the, you know, Susquehanna Valley. <laughs> you know, at VFWs and Fire Hall, all kinds of different, um, you know, you know, venues that he would, that he would book sure. and give me, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. That's kind of how I got my start to now being out on my own as a professional standup. So how hard was it when he said, Hey, you got 10 minutes, you're thinking, Oh, 10 minutes, no big deal. But all of a sudden 10 minutes when you're up there and it's your first time up there, 10 minutes is pretty darn long. Absolutely. <laughs> a long time. You know, when I'm accustomed to doing shows at the Renaissance fair, with other performers. I mean, I'm big on improvisation. I've been doing improv, you know, like I said, over 30 years, but when you're on stage alone and mm. it's a whole different ball game, it's, it's a whole different thing. So you better have your machine, better be comfortable on stage or <laughs> a nightmare. Yeah. And, and I guess I, I understand like when it comes to stand up comedy, uh, you know, sometimes you have to fail to kind of learn and 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 move forward and such. Uh, how do you handle that? You just move on. <laughs> and I think my history of improvisation is what helped me with that because I've I've made comments on stage during an improv scene and no one laughs and you just go, <laughs> "Well, I'm gonna move on from there." And you just have to take it as a learning experience and just realize, all right, that joke didn't work. So let's remember this. And the same thing is with stand-up. I will say things sometimes and no one will laugh. And then the next show I do, the whole audience laughs. So mm. you never know what's, what will work for everybody. And you just kind of roll with it and just just have fun. You know, as, as long as you show you're having fun on stage, the audience will have fun. Hmm. Was stand-up something you've always been interested in, or was it always just kind of improv, acting, entertaining, or no? So, so you were glad he gave you that shot then? I was really glad I got that shot. Yeah, I was kind of um, co-horsed into, I guess, a friend of mine <laughs> initial show with Earl. Um, she contacted me and said, "Would you like to do stand-up open for our headliner?" And I said, "You know, stand-up has been on my list of what I want to do." 
Um, but now you're kind of making me really think about it. I didn't answer her for months. And she finally contacted me and said, Jennifer, I need an answer. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I no. did. So glad I did. Because it, it was just kind of a the natural progression for me to go from what I do at the Renaissance Fair to now go into stand-up comedy. Yeah. So, now, I've noticed, too, like when we uh, – Troy and I went to see uh, Earl – Earl David Reed invited us out to Allen Theater and uh, watch his show. And uh, what I've noticed with like Earl David Reed, he does a lot of improv. You know, he uses the audience, and uh, and trust me, he had plenty to pick from where we were, and uh, and it, it did not come uh, difficult for him uh, when it came to that. Now, do you find yourself doing the same thing because you know you did improv at the Ren Fair, so? Do you find yourself doing that on stage as well? I do find myself doing that. And I know it was kind of odd at first. I would be out on stage and kind of picking on people. And then Earl would come out. And it was like he'd pick on the same people that, you know, we kind of were drawn to the same. Yeah. Things. But, um, yeah, it's 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 definitely something that, that we both have have been you know are attracted to the kind of working with the crowd so you know for me doing that at the renaissance for many many years i don't have the same jokes of course that that earl would have for people right sure definitely drawn to doing a lot of improv now what what affects me with that is when i'm doing stand-up in a club and the lights are super bright and i can't see the audience that's a whole different ball game for me that's that's mm. That's tough when I can't see people or read their faces. So what I've started doing is asking if I can come off stage and even walk out into maybe, you know, kind of a semi-dark room that I can at least mm -hmm. there. So. Yeah. Nice. So, so we when we went to see Earl, like we definitely noticed, um, and I knew this before going into it, but it's, it's not a very kid-friendly show per se. Uh, where would you say you fall in that category? Same type of area? Yeah, I'm not. I would say don't don't bring your kids. Um, you know, even the stand up that I do out at the Renaissance Fair, we do a night called um, Full Moon Comedy Fest. Um, I started that with Earl's coaxing probably about five years ago. I was hired to do a um, an event in the barn, which is now at the Renaissance Fair, which is their winery. And he mm -hmm. said, really talked to the owner about doing stand-up. And I said, okay. He said, this is your home. You've been here forever. And I talked to the owner. He was all for it. And we started to do a monthly um, stand-up show where I get to bring in other comedians who I've met by being out there and, and working. So hmm. uh, I don't have another show out there in the barn until Friday, November 3rd. They do hmm. use barn for other events uh weddings um mm. just just the name of, i mean there's yeah, yeah. I, I would imagine summer is pretty hot for them yeah at that at that venue summer's hot for uh, had a really big time for stand-up kind of, clubs kind of slow down a little bit people are on vacation yep yep makes sense i guess i guess if, if you do want to go to places uh to see you know concerts or um you know stand-up comedians or whatever you're probably better off going to some resort or something, you know, down towards the beaches or something and trying to get hooked, uh, you know, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Signed at a place, down, you know, down there. 
uh, you know, Ocean City, Maryland, that probably is a big one, obviously. But, um, you know, did you, did you get to, do you get to travel like that a lot and do places outside the state? Um, I was in Newport News, Virginia, about three weeks oh. ago. I did a club down there, and I've been as far as New York. So I've been doing a lot of um, more local things. I, I find myself in Doylestown at the Comedy Array. Mm-hmm. Um, that owner has been booking me frequently, and I love him for it. He's owned this club for over thirty years. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm happy to to be there, and I'm happy that he brings me in. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, it's awesome. And I was thinking too, like, um, you know, who, what is the, what comedian do you kind of emulate yourself after, uh, like that you would like people to, you know, say, you know what, Jennifer reminds me of this person. Well, it's funny. I can't really name a female performer. I was uh, curious. But my favorite, I have two very favorite uh, male comedians. And that would be Kevin James. Oh, mm, wow. Kevin James performed at Comedy Cafe in Doylestown. That's where he kind of got his start. So if you go on the uh, website, Comedy Cafe, you'll see a short little video of Kevin thanking Andy, the owner, for bringing him in there. Um, and my other big one is Sebastian Maniscalco, with not, who not many people know about, but he's the uh, I don't know him. About, he's, he's doing a movie with Al Pacino. And I, uh, we, I just saw him, oh, I don't know, a few years ago, he was up here at Hershey at the Giant Center. I love him. He's, I, I'm, I'm a very physical comedian. I'm okay. not and behind the microphone. I'm very active. I'm, I use a lot of audience participation, and Sebastian's the same way. He doesn't bring anyone on stage with him, but he's very active in in his in his standup. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I just, I just looked him up. He doesn't look familiar to me. I don't think I've ever seen him, but he almost kind of reminds me of Ray Romano a little bit, like uh, yeah, similar similar type of facial expressions and such. About um, his family, he's married to a woman. You know, her family's like Jewish, and they're very close. His father, you know, they're, they're happen, um, from Sicily, I think he talks about. His dad was a uh, a barber or, you know, a hairdresser. So mm-hmm. he's, he's one of my favorites. I absolutely adore him. Um, I don't get into a lot of some of the younger female comedians who, I mean, I'm very risque and adult-oriented in my comedy, but I'm not vulgar with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, give me an example of, like, what you mean by that. Well, I'm not dropping the f bomb. Okay. You know, I'm not not using like the scientific terms for our body parts. Gotcha, gotcha. Have other ways to to go about that, and um, you know, I'm 61 years old. Been there, done that. I'm not going to talk about dating. I do talk about you know being married my third time. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about my kids. I talk about. Um, you know, I find somebody in the audience and I will compare their life at 28 to me at 61. You know, mm-hmm. so I, that's kind of how I approach that. That. Re- that was a good one, too. That reminds me, too, of uh, <laughs> I, I got we were at the uh, when we were at the David David show or at Earl's show. Uh, I almost said what he said, not to yeah. um, David Earl Reed. Right? <laughs> um, but um, there was a there was a couple that was married there. What was it? How six months or something like that? And, yeah. Um, and then they were, they were like six months. Like, 
And then he saw another couple was across the the, uh, the arena or the uh, theater from him, and they were married like 36 years. And he's mm-hmm. like, they've had fights last longer than you guys have been married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. And so he loves to do what I love to do, the whole audience connection and, you know, making it up on the spot. I, I love to do that. So, you know, Earl and I might be similar in that, but, and I will forever appreciate Earl for what he's done to me, for me. Um, But, you know, the comedy I might do with that, with those people might be different than his, but I do talk marriage thing and. How long have you been married? And, you know, so, yeah, we're yeah. so. Yeah, you tie it in differently and you definitely got a different viewpoint and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always have to mention whenever we have somebody from the comedy field on here, um, my favorite comedian, well, I, I have a couple, but um, my favorite one of recent memory is Mitch Hedberg. What's, oh. your, What's your opinion of Mitch Hedberg? I, I think he's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just just his delivery is so dry and funny. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Oh, I just love it. And um, yeah, I, I just love Mitch Hedberg. And and, it, and when you were talking earlier, and Howie had asked you about, you know, what do you do if you, if you feel like a joke's not connecting, or you feel like you might have failed with that joke or whatever? And I feel sometimes like his jokes maybe don't fail, but I think sometimes it goes over their heads and they don't even get it. And mm-hmm. he's standing up there and he's like dumbfounded, like, uh, what do I do? And he just kind of moves on to the next one or whatever. But um, yeah, you just- oh man. I, I think he was way ahead of his time. I really do. Yeah. So, um, so let's get into first of all, jenniferedcomedy.com. Uh, look her up on Facebook. Jennifer uh, is it Jennifer Hartman Espenshade or Jennifer Espenshade Hartman? Okay, yeah. Jennifer Hartman Espenshade. Okay, and that's with a P, everybody, not the 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 Lancaster spelling that you see down there. <laughs> Lancaster, Lancaster County um, now wants. <laughs> hey, with a B, it's with a P. um oh i do i do a whole thing about the lancaster county towns that we all know have fun names oh yeah oh you know five minute thing on how i think they got their names so (laughs) yeah we'd love to hear that that's that's pretty interesting um and i said you don't you don't really have anything lined up per se right now i guess you have a couple you know what you said did you say, like, I think you said the July, you had something kind of booked in July or something? Or? Well, Doylestown is waiting for my available dates. He's asking me for those. But, you know, usually, um, like I said, summer's kind of slow. Yeah. Uh, headed out west again in September, so I don't really want to book anything. So, and then October, I'm at the Renaissance Fair, so I'm not going to really get super busy until November, December, and then. Gotcha. Or, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Well, then let's, I mean, you brought up the Renaissance Fair again here. So let's talk about that again a little bit. Um, so we mentioned you do improv. What, what exact, what do you, what kind of improv are you doing exactly? Is it just like, um, is it literally just that? Is it you go up there, you have no idea what you're going to do until that moment. And it's just kind of crowd interactions or, or what happens there? Um, well, I've done improvisation. Yeah. Like I said, over 30 some years, um, my ex-husband and I had an improv troupe. Um, which means that we would do shows with specific kind of games. And for that game, you would ask for um, audience suggestions. You know, you have a setup, like a scene setup, um, you know, relationship between two people, um, some, uh, some kind of disaster that could happen. And then we create a scene based on that, you know, whatever the game is that we're playing. Um, and we make it up on the spot. So that's what I've been doing a really, really long time. 
Um, another game that I love to play is, you know, we start our scene and we have some, like we have, for all these shows, you always have someone kind of off in the side as your MC or your referee or whatever you want to call them. And we would start a scene and we would say something like, you know, hand me that piece of toast and blow a whistle. Now I have to change it. What I just said, hand me that screwdriver. They blow the whistle. Yep. <laughs> up with it. And then whatever that last thing is that they finally stop blowing the whistle, then you move on in the scene with that suggestion. So it's that kind of thing. It's, it's, you might have your, you know what kind of games you're playing and what the setup is, but you have no idea what the audience will give you and where it's going to go. That's actually yeah, it, it... stand up because I bring people on stage with me and I never know oh. what I'm going to get from them or how they're going to react. So that's what makes my stand up shows always different because I don't know what's going to happen. I'm always, I'm it... kind of everything by bringing people on stage with me. When you're describing that, it very much reminds me of like whose line is it anyway? Is that is that's it exactly yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna say, Troy. Because when she was starting to talk about that, I wondered like, uh, how do you feel like you would do with that show? Whose line is it anyway? I would love it. Yeah. Um, there are some rules to cut to stand or, or rules to improv that I've been taught. Um, and those, the guys on, um, whose line is it anyway, don't always follow those rules. I've also taught improvisation at, um, open stage in Harrisburg, um, many, many years ago. Um, but those guys are, they know each other so well, they know how mm -hmm. they think, mm -hmm. not bowl what you're watching. It is legit improv. They're not rehearsing anything. They are that good and they can read each other that well that um they don't have to rehearse so um, was that a show that you watched a lot oh i love oh, I'll, I'll... yeah so who were some of your favorite who were some of your favorite actors on that show or or entertainers i guess we could call them styles and, and um colin Macarin. yeah 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 um i would say those two were my probably probably my favorite too as well yeah yeah and um oh my gosh his name right now oh my brain greg I hate to say Greg that. Brady. No, Greg, <laughs> is it Greg? Greg Pro? Greg? Greg Prost or Greg? Um, Brady. Oh. Are you talking to Wayne? Wayne. Wayne oh. Brady. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, Wayne Brady. Greg Brady. <laughs> yeah, and he's going on. He's going on to do well for himself now. Hosting. What is he hosting? Um. Oh, he's ho he hosts a lot. Yeah, but what's the main show? Deal. Deal or, deal or no deal. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know what? That kind of brings an interesting thought to my head here when we're talking about whose line it is. Is it anyway? How cool would it be if you, Earl David Reed, and maybe another comedian kind of did like a central Pennsylvania version of whose line is it anyway? Uh, that that would be funny. I can see both of you doing well at that just based on your experiences and obviously what we've seen out of Earl. It would be amazing. And Earl and I should probably talk about that. You should. So, like I told you earlier, when he interviewed me at the radio station, when he was on the uh, country station at Elizabeth. Yeah, Cat Country, yeah. Country, I told him at that point that I had been doing um, a lot of improv. And he said, oh, well, maybe we should get together and do a show. It never happened. So, we should mm. do that. Mm. Let's so get on that. Well, that was over seven years ago because he, he was at the X. 
think he went there in like 06. Yeah. I'm so, uh, thinking maybe, oh my gosh, it must have been late 90s. Oh, but, wow. Yeah. He owes you then. I mean, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead, Howie. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, um, yeah, not only does he owe you, but I can see maybe started out doing it as a benefit for something. That way you get a big audience to show up the first time. And then once they see what you guys are capable of doing chemistry wise, boom, you just you just landed yourself a regular gig working together. Good. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, let's let's get this set up. Um Earl, um, we're we're going to be in contact with you. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, well, you know, yeah, no, that I think that would be an awesome idea. I really do. That's pretty cool that you thought of that, Howie. You know, I don't know who else you know from the area. Obviously, you know people from working at the Ren Fair that could probably get in on it. But um, you know, any other comedians and stuff that would get in on it, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Another guy that we saw open for Earl David Reed that uh, that you also said that you got to know kind of when he was getting his start was uh, was a Bobby Tamboro. Is that how you say his last name? Is that is that right? I don't know yeah. how Bobby is with improv. I've never. Yeah. And so, yeah. I but, don't know. Um, yeah, he very, very talented guy. I was very impressed by his opening act. Um, I guess he does some production and stuff. Um, I think he goes up to New York like every week or whatever and, and does some production for podcasts and stuff. So that was really cool. Hmm. And we'll be having him on in, in a couple of weeks as well. So, um, yeah, you know, maybe we can put something in his ear as well. Who knows? <laughs> The new stay tuned, uh, whose line is it anyway? <laughs> what, are we going to be like the main sponsor, Howie? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Wait, you had mentioned, Jennifer, that you're 61 years old, and uh, it always amazes me because Earl David Reed, yeah. I mean, you know, his age too. I mean, um, and I'll be honest with you, Jennifer, you don't look, you don't look nearly that age. You, you still look very, yeah, honestly, you look great. Um, yeah. And I always say the same thing about Earl David Reed too. You know, it's like, man, I never would have guessed him either. You're older than I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, it's simply amazing. Like, I don't know if it's, you know, what do they say? It's, um, the more you smile, it, it's easier to smile. You get less wrinkles or whatever. If you smile instead of frowning <laughs> yeah. or whatever it's, that is. So. It's more muscles to frown than it does to smile is what they say. Oh, black don't crack thing. I don't know. Well, he actually addressed that with us, the black don't crack thing. And his response was, my relatives are some of the ugliest people in the world. So that's not a real reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I didn't realize. Yeah, I mean, Earl shared some things with us, too, about like um, his his weight journey and stuff like that. I didn't realize that that he had really gained a lot of weight at one point. I, I never I wasn't following him that closely. And, uh, you know, good for him, man. He's looking great. He's in great shape. Um, you know, so it's, I don't know. It's just, you know, keep your, keep, you know, keep up after yourself a little bit. And, you know, you, it won't age you. I mean, what are we at now here? Everybody keeps saying, you know, 60 is a new 30 or whatever. Like it just, it, age just keeps, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like age just, people are living longer and, um, you know, enjoy the time while we're here. Have fun, laugh and uh, live it up. Go to jenniferecomedy.com and see where she's playing and get some laughs, right? Absolutely. And just, you know, be amazed by the fact that for 27 years, I jumped in a mud pit at the Renaissance Fair, August until the end of October. So I am no sissy. <laughs> that, that, you know what? You just brought something else up. That probably helped with your aging process as well. Going into Yeah, the mud. 
people used to say, don't we have to pay money to have a mud bath? And I'm like, yeah, you're paying to watch me jump in this mud. I mean, yep. certainly not the mud from the Hershey Hotel. But, <laughs> yeah. little, little different quality, huh? Yeah, different quality. But my joke always was, you know, yes, I do mud. I do mud shows. I get covered in mud. And I'm actually 93 years old. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's too great. So, um, what I, I see you have some merch on here. Um, how, how does your do you have somebody that deals with your merch? Do you deal with that directly? How's that work for you? I deal with it right now. Yeah. Okay. So, if somebody puts an order in, typically, how would you how would you handle that? Do you kind of just send them out one by one, or do you kind of wait till you get a bunch and send them out? Or no, I I sell merchandise at my shows. So when okay, they can buy. I bring my T-shirts with me. Um, my next plan is I want to get onto Etsy and some other um, mm-hmm. out there so I can sell some other stuff with, um, you know, with my saying on there. But yeah, that's where I, I was just going to ask you, what, what exactly does that mean? Oh, you mean FUPA? Yeah. <laughs> you have to come to a show to find out what that means. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> We're not going to give it away then, I guess, but, uh. I, I know a really good friend of mine, uh, his, his number one favorite movie of all time is Fight Club, and I see you kind of stole the lettering there from that a little bit. So I stole the font. But yes, my FUPA Fight Club. And then I put, um, I have two different sayings on the back of the shirt along with my website. So yes, I sell yeah. them at my shows. See, F, F the FUPA and uh, Fighting the FUPA one step <laughs> at a time. <laughs> Which you have to witness my exercise for fighting the fupa with sit-up. It's a whole. Uh, all right, all right. We'll take your word for that. We got it. We'll have to come see that for ourselves. Um, and then, and then you also have the one where you're, you know, you're in prison here, um, uh, behind bars, uncaged, middle aged and on stage. So. Yeah, that was the first shirt that I sold. So I've moved on to my fupa shirts. I still have some of that original one, but the picture taken of me behind the railing of my of my steps on my front deck was taken oh. girlfriend. Really? Isn't that something else? Yeah. I, I love that picture. It's, it looks funny. And I wouldn't, I, I see the railing in the background now. So that kind of makes sense. But before you said that, I wouldn't have even noticed that. I would have thought it was literally some sort of bars or some, some sort no. of jail cell. <laughs> I haven't been there yet. So yet. Is that, is that a goal? No, it's not a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it won't happen. Um, I'm doing a private show next May. I've already been booked for a private show with the Women's Club of Myerstown. Oh, my. Oh, that's right in our neck of the woods. <laughs> What's that? I said that's right in our neck of the woods. It is, but it cracks me up because I'm kicking it up a notch. I'm going to be at the Heaven Fire Company at a private <laughs> The Hebron, is that is that um, Hebron, which one's Hebron? Oh, that's the one right. Oh, that's the one right down by my house here. That's the one right across from the state, the Lebanon County Prison. Yes. See. Yeah. So if they don't like me, they you know can yeah, shoot you right over. Me over there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just well, curious that, because what is what does your audience look like when it comes to like the women of Myerstown? <laughs> I'm I'm just thinking a bunch of uh, Mennonite women who are going to be sitting in your audience. Well, I'm hoping that doesn't happen because 
heard them. They heard about me. So you know the magazine, that Go Local magazine? Yep. Mm -hmm. I had an article in that last August written by Jeff Falk. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he did a whole, you know, three pages of me and pictures of me as a performer. And evidently someone at the Women's Club in Myerstown saw that article and suggested they contact me. And I'm figuring, okay. You may not know what you're in for, but <laughs> my best entertain you ladies next May. So I'll probably do some, you know, different material or write some. Sure. Things. Now that kind of brings up an interesting point. Um, will you cater your stand-up based on the audience? Yes, I can do that. Absolutely. Okay, so you can go cleaner if you had to. I, I can't really say I'm not clean, you know, like I said, I'm not dropping the F-bomb, but my material currently is is more adult-oriented and, mm -hmm. a little, you know, more sexual in nature. Um, I, I'm certainly not someone who is going to do a children's birthday party. <laughs> gotcha. Don't be me. Um, you know, I could do college. I could do you know that kind of thing. But I'm not. I'm really not a comedian for for kids or family. Mm -hmm. So you know, right now I don't really have a 20 minute set. The way I look at it, I don't have a 20 minute set to do in front of none. <laughs> so when I can pass the none stage, then I know I'll be ready for TV. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So I'm going to, I'm going to promote your stuff here one more time. JenniferEcomedy.com and Jennifer Hartman Espenshade with a P on Facebook. Look her up and get in touch with her. If you want to book her, whatever you're trying to do, uh, please look it up. Look at her merch that she has on there. See where she's going to be. Uh, she'll be at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair the end of October. Just that first weekend, she won't be there. But then every other weekend after that, till the end of October, she'll be there. Oh, no. Um, four weekends. The four. Just the last four weekends. Right, yeah. So you won't be that first weekend in October, then the last four. So, yeah. Four. And I'm not yeah. as Jennifer. I'm there as my character. Correct. Correct. Not there as your comedian. Correct. Your comedian self. Yes. Gotcha. You're playing a different character that day. <laughs> the Ploppy. What, what was the name? Ploppy. P-L-O-P-P-Y. Ploppy. Ploppy. I don't do stand up as Ploppy. <laughs> Interesting. Ploppy. Okay. Yes. Um, that's, that's who I was in the mud pit. Ploppy and Nard Squatter. Ploppy in the mud, you know, for 20 some years. And <laughs> at the Renaissance Fair, I do my, my Ploppy show the last four weekends. It's not me doing my regular stand-up that I do at comedy clubs. So it's me as a character. It's a whole different adult comedy show. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And is that is that actually you get to be part of that show? You get to watch that show just by purchasing tickets for the fair, or is that a separate ticket purchase once you're in there? Oh, you buy a ticket to come into the fair, and all the shows are free. Gotcha. You get to okay. Come. Yeah, I wasn't. Yes. I wasn't exactly sure how that worked. The last time I was there in eighth grade, and uh, that was the last time our high school was allowed to go there. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. You <laughs> <laughs> <I> feel older. <laughs> That's what. I'm no lie, though, I, I do want to take the kids because I think it is a pretty cool experience. It really is. Um, I, I just I, I don't know why we just keep pushing it off every year. It's probably because of the price. It's kind of a little expensive. But um, How old are your kids? But um, what was that? How old are your kids? So my stepson is my oldest. He's 21. 
And then I got a 14, an 11, and an 8. So. Okay. 21-year-old can come <laughs> Right. Yeah. Probably should not. Um, <laughs> is, is there like a, is there a sign stating that right there, like when they walk into that? Um, on this on the schedule of shows, they have like different um, uh, little I don't know what they what they call them, but you know disclaimers. Like, yeah, just saying that it's an adult show. And when I start my show, I tell people that it's an adult show. Although, gotcha. Fourteen year old try to come on stage and play one of my interactive games last year, which was. Kind oh. of I got rid of them really quickly, but so you could have been behind bars. <laughs> I didn't know how old he was. Thank goodness I asked. Well, that, I mean, at, when we read Earl's show, uh, the, the the grandmother and grandfather oh. brought their thirteen-year-old granddaughter. So you know, so I say to parents, you know, this is an adult show. If your children are here and they're laughing, congratulations to you. <laughs> If they're here and they're laughing, we might want to question your parenting. <laughs> Shut your bedroom door. Yes. Yep. Um, okay. So this was all just a ploy and a plot. I got to admit that, Jennifer. I, I wanted to get you on here for one specific reason, right? And it's your hot take that you had on not only Taylor Swift, but Ed Sheeran. Like, so, so let's hear. What is your hot take here? Let's hear it. Oh, I, I don't get that whole Ed Sheeran. I think he's a great guy. He's adorable with his little hair, you know, going over. But I don't, I don't know. I love that he writes his own stuff, but I'm just, he's a little too much for me. I need more of a band. I need a band. And it's like Taylor Swift. I, I love that Taylor grew up in West Reading, but I, I, Taylor, I love you as a person, but I don't, I'm not really into your music. Like I need, I'm a 70s, I'm a 70s girl. You know, I so it's nothing personal. You, you think it might just be an era thing, then? <laughs> I'll never go. No, no. Um, no, there are are solo people that I like, but I don't know. I'm just not. So, but you, you like him. You're into him. I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm into him. I would say that I appreciate what he does. I like his music. I appreciate his background, and uh, he grew up with um, uh, a really bad stuttering problem. Yeah. And uh, and you've seen that a few times, like you've seen those stories on American Idols and The Voice and stuff like that, where people have terrible stuttering problems just talking, and all of a sudden they get up there and perform, and you wouldn't, you would have no idea, <laughs> like, so. Um, and and then the other cool thing is, is like Taylor Swift is the one that gave him his big break. Yeah. Um. So I think she heard him performing on a radio station or something like that, and then so I don't remember the whole story exactly, but I think it's kind of cool that they tied in together. But what's um, she's able to do that, and she's able. Yeah. You know, where she is now, she's able to give him that opportunity. Yeah. And he's taken off with it. I mean, yeah. and 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 I, and I think there's one thing you can't deny. And, and I, I, I go on another show with a, a couple other guys. It's, it's a Dads with Bacon podcast that we do. And um, we were talking about the one night about Taylor Swift. And, like, she's 33 years old, right? And she's a legend. Like, she's a legend in the music industry. It's, it's amazing. I mean, like, her following is absolutely incredible. What she sells out her, my my daughter could not get tickets to her show when they were down in Philly, it's, and they stood outside the stadium with like twenty thousand other people just listening to her. But like, remember, I grew up like with Madonna. We didn't have all this social stuff, so they were able yeah. out these places just from the radio. You know, there was no social media for us growing sure. up. Sure. So you know, she has that going for her. 
you know, as do all the other musicians and these people who come out of the woodwork and they're suddenly on, on TikTok or whatever. Yeah. Anything has happened with stand-up comedy. You know, they're funny on TikTok, but can they be funny for 30 minutes on a stage in a theater? I don't know. Yeah. I've seen two guys recently that have really blew up in the comedy industry through social media that are coming to my head just off the top of my head. Uh, and that's Andrew Schultz yeah. and um, Matt Reif. Matt Reif. Um, They're everywhere now. Yeah. I mean, um, and I, I think it's kind of funny, too, because I, I think both of them guys, very similar. To, I think that's the new stand-up method. I really do. Like what you're talking about with the, the improv and like you just kind of go off your audience and you just feed off of them and whatever mm-hmm. comes up, comes up. Like there's really not a plan when you walk into it. But it's been, you know, what Earl does. I mean, Earl may have some set jokes to do with people, but he's also big on improv with the audience. So, you know, Earl and I kind of came up without TikTok being there for us. Right. You know, or just even to be able, I mean, now at this point, we can do a show, record it, and we can throw a snippet of it onto TikTok. I can do that. I haven't. Sure. And, um, but I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what the sudden... <laughs> Or both of those guys is. Well, I think all the the girls are all gaga over Matt Rife's looks right now. I mean, that's okay. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not feeling it. I'm not. I'm not feeling it. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's funny that uh, you know you kind of alluded to this, but uh, like Earl David Reed, you know, when he was mentioning some of the uh, stand-up comedians, he's not a huge fan of. In fact, uh, he mentioned one specifically, and he's kind of a local guy that kind of annoys him based on the way he uh, sells himself on stage. Uh, and that guy is uh, uh, Raymond, the Amish comic. And uh, like, do you have anybody in that realm where you're like, man, uh, I don't know, they're just making a bad name for stand-up comedy? Um, you know, I, I really don't. I, I know Raymond has been out there forever. I mean, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, when I was doing improv shows, we were booked at a comedy club in Lancaster, and we went on to do improv after Raymond the Amish comedy was there. So... It was really tough for us to do improv after a stand-up comedian. Mm, yeah. Audience to like sit up out of their chair and give you suggestions. But um I don't know. He's been around. I don't I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what it was there. I th- I think there was a bad interaction at one point, I think is what happened. And um I, yeah, I, I think I think kinda Earl still kinda holds that. Like I I think um if wow. I'm not mistaken, I think Raymond might have kind of thought he was bigger than he might have been at that point and no actually i think what it was was raymond um is like he would he would take shows and accept very little money making mm-hmm. yeah making it difficult for him to get a you know a decent payday as a result because they're paying him such little money and he's saying yes to it and then when it comes time to hit you know for earl to go on stage he's demanding this money and now all of a sudden like now we'll just get the amish comic guy People want, need to understand that we're all different comedians. Sure. Apples and oranges. You know, you want to pay this amount, you're going to get this. You pay this amount, you're going to get, you know, a different show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever rubbed out elbows with anybody of uh, any popular fame in the comedy field? Um, How much fame are we talking? <laughs> oh, whatever. I mean, you know. Oh, no, I mean, I, I've 
I've, you know, worked with a lot of people over these last few years that have, you know, were working constant, constantly working professional comedians. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I mean, I haven't been on stage with, um, you know, anybody that I'd love to be on stage with. Like Kevin James? Yeah, like Kevin James. Oh. Yeah, what You said that was at uh, the, the Comedy Cabaret, right? That did, did, Nobody's ever popped in there, kind of? Like, you hear stories of that sometimes. Like, usually it's at bigger venues. Um, and I've never been in New York when Jerry Seinfeld comes walking in, because I would love for that to happen to me. Yeah. That's, that's you know, been doing this forever and ever to pop in while I'm on stage, I would love it. I would think And, and typically what'll happen there, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they just kind of pop in and um, if they're working on new material or something, they just want to kind of get a vibe of how it's going to go off and how they can present it, stuff like that. And that's typically what they do, right? Yeah, so. Them at that level, you know, the ability to walk into a club and you're that well-known and be able to mm-hmm. say, I have some new stuff, I want to try it out. You know, let me do 10 minutes. Yeah, what it is, I, I can't... I can't think of the name of the place. It's really popular up there. What is it? Caroline's. Well, okay. Well, that's one of them, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. That's uh, the, the Laugh Zone or something like that, or um, the Laugh no. Laugh Factory. Is that it? In New York. Yeah, well, is is that not in New York? Where's that at? Yeah, I'm not sure if that's in L.A. or not. And maybe it is. Maybe it is out on the West Coast. Could be, and you know the Improv. Mm-hmm. Of course, which I got. We got to find out that Earl actually was a host there for a while. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, like, um, have you ever considered um, trying out for one of those shows where the, you know, the um, the last standing comic or something? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, when you say not yet, not are you out yet? Yeah. Because my material is still, you know, more comedy club and, you know. Um, you know, yeah, I'm not yet a television performer. I'm not Ellen DeGeneres with my, you know, kind of, I don't think my material yet is for television. It would have to be a, you know, like Netflix. Okay. Or, you know, another channel, that kind of thing that I can do, but I'm not Mm -hmm. going to your CBS or anything like that. I think they would be like, oh my God, get her off. Uh, you know, not only not only can I see you and, and Earl doing like a last, um, you know, uh, whose line is it anyway, but I can also see you guys doing a sitcom where your husband and wife and, uh, you know. <laughs> that would be pretty good. That would be good. Okay, well, Earl um, and tell him that's what we We'll work on that. We're going to work on a lot of things for you. And uh, when this is all said and done and the dust settles, um, I want Troy and I to be your agent because we're going to make these things happen. Do it. <laughs> the one I was thinking of is actually on the West Coast. It's the Comedy Store. That's the one I'm thinking of. Comedy Store. Okay. Oh, yeah, isn't that the one that's owned by uh, Pauly Shore's family? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, there's a lot of times where people just pop in there last minute and, uh, you know, have something they want to perform. Or whatever. I've never gone out west. haven't been out ah. there yet. Well, we need to change that when you go on Last Comic Standing, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, let's wrap things up here. Um, we got Jennifer Hartman Espenshade on Facebook, jenniferecomedy.com. Uh, Espenshade, if you're looking it up, if you're typing it in, it's with a P. And... Um, it's not the B spelling that most people in Lancaster County have. And uh, you can check her out. 
um, on the website and find out where she's going to be. And she also performs as Ploppy at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. And that'll be the last four weekends in October. So go ahead and check her out there as well. So, uh, Jennifer, anything else you want to add before we let you go? The Lebanon County person. I grew up here. I'm a oh. graduate. So. Okay. My home. Okay. So, wait. So, six. So, wait. That's going to put you right around. So, this is going to be really weird. But did you graduate with, uh, with Frank Reich, with his class? Yes. Frank was in Yeah. Yeah, because my I believe my mother was in that class as well, and we could talk about that off air. But I'm pretty sure she was in that class as well. So yep, Frank was in my class. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we're gonna let we're gonna let you go. Um, is, like I said, is there anything else that you want to push out there before um, we let you go? No, thank you. And people come. Yeah. I mean, you know, keep up with my website. I do keep my shows on there. Once I get busy again in the fall, come out and see a show. Awesome. Yeah, it was a pleasure talking with you. Thanks again, Jennifer. Sitting in his easy chair With his hands still burning And sawdust in his hair While watching Texas Ranger Asking what makes a man Said son, let me tell you Look at his boots and his hands Good is willing to get dirty Clock out at 8.30 Do what it takes Put some food in his plate He's the first one to show up When life gets real tough And do anything with their kids And then wipe the blood so much They'll have scars and scuffs and scratches
concludes our broadcast day. Click. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Please share, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Let your friends know you heard it right here on Stay Tuned with Troy and Howie. And we'll see you next week. Until next week, stay tuned.